So you know how I was reading that Empire Strikes Back novelization? Yeah. It was pretty solid. It was it was pretty, you know, dead on to the movie, except they continually referred to Yoda as being blue, which was weird. What? Yeah. Yeah. Multiple yeah. times. It was like his blue skin. And I was like, no, run the no, tape back. No, it definitely Cause, doesn't. Because I think they must have, you know, just had a really early version of the script and they were going through. But anyway, it was yeah. good. It was decent. But I got to the end and the little author thing. I sent you a screenshot because it said Donald Glut yeah. started his career doing music with Mike Nesmith with Mike Nesmith. Yeah. Mike Nesmith of the monkeys who you and I saw at, in Phoenixville, right at the colonial yep. theater, uh, which was great. Oh, I mean, was great, so great concert, great show. And his American band or some all American. Yeah. Band yeah. It was the first, yeah. first national band redux. Is first what we national. Saw. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. Good. Such a great show, but that blew my mind. And so I looked it up a little bit and Donald Glutt, who went on to be like a screenwriter and and other uh, novels and things. He was a friend of George Lucas, which is how he mm -hmm. got the gig writing Empire Strikes Back, uh, the, the novelization anyway. But yes, he did music. Uh, Michael Nesmith kind of discovered him and his band and they recorded a bunch of stuff as Penny Arcade and the album was finally released. And so I've been listening to it on Spotify. Did you get a chance to listen to it? I did. It's actually really good. I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, it's like, this is so good. I, yeah, I was not expecting that. Uh, no, you know, I wasn't so. either. And it, it, I get why Nesmith would have been attracted to it because it does have kind of that first national band mm -hmm. kind of sound. You know, there's a little bit of like a, a, a slight country. Yeah. You know, feel to it. Yeah. Like folk rock almost like a. Yeah. How about if the monkeys and the first national band had a kid? That's kind of yeah. what it sounds like. It they have the layered vo vocals, yeah, which is very monkeys. Very, I, I, I almost felt like very Ringo Starr type, where yeah. he layers his own voice on himself, yeah, and it has that unique sound. Their yeah. their vocals are like that, and the the music is just it's good. It is that, good. I, I know. I, I it's just the one album. Think of, oh, that sound sounded like. You know, the Rolling Stones had some sound like that. And, oh, you know, this other group. And I was like, I can't quite put where they just they're that good that they just mm -hmm. kind of well, let's just put, make a song like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they I do. Know. It's good. I know. It's so random. And I couldn't. I mean, just the, the Star Wars, then the Michael Nesmith. And we have the connection with Nesmith and Star Wars. Yeah. Just a strange, a strange confluence of events. But all that to yeah. say. I like the Penny Arcade album, and I'm getting ready to start our uh, our next couple of reads that we're doing together, which is the Princess and the Scoundrel for May the Fourth, and Return of the Jedi for the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi. So, oh yeah, man, lots of good times ahead. I already started Princess and the Scoundrel. I felt like oh, I good. couldn't wait. Okay, I was afraid. Yeah, and, I've got uh, a hold placed on on Libby. Oh, it's good. Okay good all right a little teaser a lot little of ewok there. stuff okay. get ready that's what i want to hear that's what i want to hear <laughs> welcome to this enduring life a star wars podcast from the radio meanwhile network my name is steve rudd I'm Nick Gunning, and we're following the Ewoks from Return of the Jedi to the Ewok TV movies, the 80s cartoon, and beyond. And there's not a lot of track ahead of us on this Ewok no. cartoon, Steve. So No, we don't have much bold, more room for beyond. A bold new journey ahead of us. Yes. So today we are discussing Season 2, Episode 13B, Milani the Warrior. This episode originally aired on December 13th, 1986. 
We were wee boys. Mm-hmm. This is technically the last original episode to air. That's right. Of the show. And and what? What? Such a, what such a, such a, I mean, I haven't seen Battle for the Sunstar yet, but it's got to <laughs> be more epic than this episode. So, yeah. Oh, so I was just reminded you had asked, when did that start? When I started doing oh, the, the wee Scottish, boy. the wee yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the diapered rampage of the flogs. That's like, that was like the third episode. Yeah. Because we have a battle for Endor cartoon. Yeah, it was the third episode that was in. Wow. I, and I listened, I started from the beginning and I would just say December 13th, 1986. Uh huh. And it just sounded boring. So you had to throw so it I in. I had to add the wee okay. boy, I guess. Now we know. <laughs> We were a wee boy. Now we know. Yeah. All right. Well, today's episode, uh, once again, directed by Dale Scott, written by Stephen Lankford. So we got a new name here. We got a new name here. More on that in a minute. Released on VHS as part of Ewoks 5 Wicket's Adventures. Stephen Lankford is going to be our featured crew member this week. He got his first professional writing credit with a first professional credit period. Like his first IMDb credit is this episode of Ewoks writing, um, what is this called? Milani the Warrior. <laughs> Milani the Warrior. <laughs> uh, I read, and I couldn't like confirm this independently, but I read that he was Paul Dini's roommate at Emerson College. Oh, no so, way. Take that with a grain of salt, because I just read it in one place on the internet, and that oh, okay. doesn't necessarily make it true. I believe it. it makes sense. Awesome. I mean, it yeah. makes sense. Uh, but anyway, this was his first professional credit. Uh, he would go on to be a writer and producer, still working at time of recording, still still got new stuff coming out. But after this, he would go on to write shows like Silver Spoon, Small Wonder, Family Matters, Saved by the Bell, Tiny Toon Adventures, many, many more. Malcolm and Eddie, uh, pretty prolific screenwriter and producer working behind the scenes on a lot of shows. So, uh, And it all began here with Milani the Warrior. Mm. Would you care to tell us about this beautiful episode? I suppose I will. Okay. The Uber Detailed Plot, Season 2, Episode 13B, Milani the Warrior. We begin this episode with the famed Ewok Warrior Games. Unknown to the Ewoks, a thieving duo, Bothel and Trud, scheme to steal the Sunstar during the games and turn the forest into mud. Oh, mud. I didn't think anything could make me miss those Andrew Dice Clay biker gang people, but these guys might have done it. These guys are worse. Oh, man. At the games, Weechi is defeated by Charita, an Ewok lady warrior who has already earned several trophies at the games. Wicked congratulates the out-of-his-league female as he has a crush on her. Wicked tries to play it off. When little Milani gives him a gift, Wicked turns around and gifts it right to Charita. Milani vows to be a warrior herself, since Wicket likes those, and thinks of a plan to become a warrior too. Milani's plan to fake rescue Tebow backfires as she gets herself stuck in a tree over a three-headed snake. Luckily, Charita swings in last second to save her and tosses the snake away easily. Milani runs off crying, embarrassed that her plan failed. The thieving duo confront Milani and dupe her into fake stealing the Sunstar. Milani nabs the Sunstar easily and gives it to the muddy duo. When Milani asks how she will save it, they let her know they plan to steal it for real. 
Melania attempts to keep them from escaping, even holding onto a floating log that the Sunstar made levitate. Wow. It carries them far away, and in a clear grove, the duo uses the Sunstar to turn everything into mud. There is so much of it that it flows like a river towards the other Ewoks. Enlisting the help of some dragon swans, the group manages to steal back the Sunstar, though it changes hands several times. Once Tebow gets it, he uses the Sunstar's power to dry up the mud, trapping the muddy duo in place. That night, Milani thanks Tebow for helping her carry firewood, which happens to be her punishment. And she vows to never try and change herself to please someone else, even if he's really, really cute. Wicket, ready for his canoe date with Charita, is rudely stood up when she informs him she already has a date with Weechi. Milani, however, is ready to go or in hand, and Wicket agrees a short ride will do. Roll credits. There it is. What an odd pairing, because these this originally aired back to back with Party Ewok, and there there are a lot of similarities. It's like, yeah, you know, you have you have Nisa in the uh, pugs, pog pugs, pugs. Yeah, Nisa in the pugs, pugs is the yeah. previous one, and then you have Milani and the. I don't. Do we even get a name for these guys? I don't know I mean, if we know what they're called. Bothell they're just Bothell and Trud. Right? They're but, obviously elephants. Can we just call them elephants? Because I guess so. Yeah, they were I was so trying to obviously. Figure out, like which which culture are we being insensitive to here? I can't quite. Figure I out. I thought of but, that as well. Right? I, like, I got a distinct. What I got a distinct at? culture in there with all the way yeah. they talked. And yeah, I was like, was, mm. I couldn't quite tell what we were doing, but I was kind of like, I imagine this is probably not great. So let's just, but let's they, just leave it at that. They, their clothes almost seemed like they were Laurel and Hardy. I wondered if they feel. were, yeah, I wonder, but they so, didn't act like Laurel and Hardy really. Like their relationship was not like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, it wasn't. So, but like the clothing, know. so it was like a weird conglomerate of this, like, yeah, I don't know. Just yeah, just sort of like, like buffoon hucksters. I, like I, I don't know. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, crazy. But anyway, oh, I had to look it up. I had to look up Charita because she seemed familiar to me, and I couldn't figure out why. So here it is. Remember okay. in Horrible's Hut of Horrors, where we were, we commented a lot about how there's oh, there's so many different like we're seeing different Ewoks, we're seeing different designs. Yeah, that character designed appeared in that. So like oh. Charita technically was in Horrible's Hut of Horrors, but not as a speaking role, just kind of like in there. Just in there. Oh, okay. And she's All also right. in Battle for the Sun Star, which um, we'll we'll see. Which we next. will. But oh. this is the first episode where she like gets a name and a personality. Wow. There you go. So technically, three appearances from Charita, which is better than like Asha or you know any of the other sort of like this is the a Leaf special... Queen only gets two, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. Oh, yeah. Man, right away, crazy. I was like, I I hate these guys. The elephants rolled in, and I was like, No, I don't want to do this again. I know. I do these dumb creatures in human clothes bumbling around. Totally human clothes, like a bowler hat and a top hat. Yeah. With black, like, uh, sport, not sport coats, like suit jackets. Yeah. Like blazers. Just like, yeah. But yeah, yeah. And it was just, it was weird. I thought, immediately thought, oh, the man, they were really phoning it in. You're probably right. The Laurel and Hardy of it all, at least the look of the top hat. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Weird. I was confused because I could have sworn that Milani was Wicket's sister, so I had to look it up. So she she really is Tebow's She's sister. Tebow's sister, She's yeah. Tebow's sister, and it's Winda who is Wicket's little sister. Yeah, Winda. We haven't seen her okay. in a long time, but I just kind of, like, in my mind, I was like, wait a minute. 
we but saw no. her in the episode the horrible hut of horrors yeah but i don't think she was spoken by name in that yeah i'm not sure but yeah. that was winda his sister and milani was in there too because it was all the younger brothers and sisters kind of the crew like yeah yeah i guess i feel like for this one um i mean i didn't particularly like it i mean it it feels like I don't know. I mean, just especially right in the heels of Party Ewok, it was just like, why Why is this the thing that we're doing yeah. now? But I, I guess, like, I could say that the plot made sense, like, to itself. You know what I mean? Like, it all... I think so. There was nothing that was like, well, that doesn't work, or that doesn't make sense. Like, I didn't well, you know why? like it, but, like, it worked. Because it, it came back to a moral lesson again. It which did. I thought was a really good lesson. Yes, that, it was. Here's the thing. That's probably the one of the best lessons they've learned in a long time. And it was Milani of all people. You know, it's like that's basically like a nine year old getting the lesson when like the 14, 15 year olds just don't quite get it yet. Yeah. You know? So give so give it to me. What's the lesson? Tell the nice people what our lesson is. Well, the lesson was that she won't change herself to please someone else. That's right. Don't change yourself to please someone else. And I think that's a pretty important, be, be who you are, right? Yeah. So I think that's that's important. I definitely caught that too. And I knew that was going to be on your list. Um, but I think there was like sort of a sub lesson as well, because Wicket was feeling kind of hurt and brushed off by Charita. And I think it was Tebow yeah. that was like, yeah, that's how Milani feels when you ignore her. He was like, uh, you ignore yeah. Milani the same way Charita ignores you in the same way that Latara ignores me. And there was sort of an acknowledgement of like, that's kind of hurtful and wicked. Yeah. You know, recognize that and tried to at least kind of correct it a little bit when Charita's like, no, I'm, I'm uh, Weechi's the man for me. Uh, and he ends up taking Milani on the little canoe ride, which was cute. Yeah. Was cute. I yeah. think that's cute. Yeah. She is a little young, you know, for I, him. I think, if they true i think if <laughs> they had just like if this was the dulocks instead of these dudes or if they just made believable yeah. like andorian creatures then i would have been pretty okay with this episode but i just couldn't get over the elephants in tuxedos yeah. I, I just why it's so if the weird dulocks don't do it for the kids i wonder if that was a big thing i wonder if they had like a focus know. group or something and it was like yeah the kids don't like the dulocks like and it's like Dulux. i thought they were great because like they kind of were in that neutral zone of like, are they kind of scary? And then they would, yeah. something would happen and then you'd, you'd laugh like, ah, ha, 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 they're not really that scary. Yeah. So like maybe like constantly jumping across that line, like just doesn't do it for kids or something like that because they are too scary where these guys were maybe. like, yeah. oh, they're the I mean, bad these, guys. These guys certainly aren't going to scare are. anyone, you know, unless, yeah. unless you're scared of bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> terrified oh my um, gosh so so do you, do you have a distinct okavark moment from this episode i mean the very first reveal of these two bothel and turd whatever trud whatever trud. <laughs> turd yeah pretty the much very first reveal i was just like ugh, and it kind of took me out so I, I guess just the intro of those guys. It's like, yeah, here's your villains of the week. You know, two yep. two vaudevillian elephants here to menace the children. I just, yeah, I didn't like it. That so that, that was, was mine too. Yeah, because like, I mean, obviously, yeah. Right off the bat, it was just like, oh, here we go again. 
but like I think at the towards the end, I felt annoyed that like Charita hasn't been a more reoccurring character, at least as much as Weechi was and stuff like yeah. that in the first. What was it Weechi and oh the Willie right Willie Weechi yeah. and Willie yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that like whenever we saw them, it would have been nice to have seen Charita as I well agree. you know because like once we once we kind of jump up in age bracket or generation right you get like you get the milani and winda age then you get uh-huh. tebow wicket latara nisa and then you get like weechi willie and charita right like the, yeah, the I guess, older i guess older asha ones. i'd probably put asha in asha is probably well, one i guess yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no not um chukatrak he's older he's like yeah cheap chirpa age but yeah like yeah, that but when you're in you the know, chirpa age you really just have shadows so you're right i mean it would have yeah. been nice to have like some female characters on that same level because it just feels like there's nothing there. it's just all boys after that yeah, yeah. and shadow <laughs> yeah so it, it kind of feels like chirita was introduced too late you know yeah, like really late show up here like with a personality and characters kind of surprising but i mean i i liked her is she i, see I like on your her negatives. too yeah oh, you do? okay her coloring was a little strange. I thought it, it looked like she was wearing a mask. It was very yeah. different from all the yeah, rest it was like of them. She, like almost like a like a face mask. It's like she's wearing like a. <laughs> I know, think it like meant to be those. like that. Her hair was shorter, right? That she wasn't so beard like. Yeah, could be, but it just translated strange to the screen. But yeah, I was just like, oh, this is fun. You know, when Weechi got tossed off into the mud, I was just like, and then she's like, ah, you know, I was like, oh, there you go. Look at that. Yeah. I thought, oh, this is the first time I'm seeing this person, but no, we've seen her before, just not named. What was uh, what was your Ichiwawa moment then? Mine was the moral lesson. Yeah. And then at first, I thought when they were fighting with the elephant duo, music came on, and it was from Swan Lake, and it's the oh. dance of the cygnets. It's <laughs> from Swan funny. Lake. So it's the dance of the swans. But then here's the thing. They get on these swan-like dragon things, right? Oh, Those, yeah, like, yeah. dragon creatures are mm-hmm. like swans. So it's the swan music with that's these cool. dragon swans. And I thought, well, that's really cool. And now, now after I've thought about it for a while, I mean, is this the first time we've heard, like, actual music in, mm. like, actual real-world music in the Ewok, in the Star Wars universe? Yeah. Because right? it hasn't been anything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That is unusual. Oh, it was weird. So after I was thinking about it, I was like sitting in bed going, man, do I really like that? Because I like <laughs> it because I'm a musician. But then at the same yeah. time, it's like, yeah, no, that's like breaking. Yeah, that's, that's true. Like breaking the the I can't remember what it fourth wall, third wall. Yeah. Fifth wall? Yeah. But it's <laughs> probably well, it's like a, it's a, it's anachronistic because it's like yeah, in the wrong it. time. But it's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they probably were just like, oh, we should do something like the Swan Lake music. And then they were like, oh, that's public domain. Toss it in. It's probably. Oh, yeah, happened. yeah. It's totally public domain. But, yeah. So that's why. Yeah. No, I mean, why I not? Up on it that it was from Swan Lake. But yeah. Yeah, I yeah. recognize it right away. I was like, oh, dude, that's Swan Lake. You can't pull right, that. So your primary is the uh, is the moral lesson. I think the moral lesson. And I did okay. like the Swan Lake thing. And then the fact that those dragon things were somebody somebody was paying attention yeah. So the music must have existed for them to design those like dragon things they were floating on to look exactly like swans. So there's no yeah, or vice versa, you know, or they saw the animatics and were like, oh, you know what? We should put Swan Lake over this. Maybe. I don't <laughs> you know. know. Yeah. Direction it went. That, yeah, I mean, that's it was probably like 
we we think there's like a team of people working on this. It's probably like four people in a garage. <laughs> probably just, just one intern who happened to have Swan Lake on eight track <laughs> and just tossed it in. Yeah, recorded it right from his car. Or something. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was your Ichiwawa moment? Well, there were two things that I kind of set aside. I liked the the Rachelings, which I think is what you're talking about, the Swan Dragon things. Oh, okay. When they call them, Wicket has Tebow do it, and Tebow like magically speaks their language and i thought that was kind of a cool another extension yeah. of tebow's like magic stuff i liked i didn't put that in there and i feel like i should have now but i do remember that that he did use his magic to call them yeah which was which was pretty cool yeah. i mean tebow's getting there i thought that know? was decent and then it's just kind of like a little a goofy little thing when uh when milani is trying to be a warrior and everything she's got her belt on but she has like her basically like a teddy bear it's like a tiny little Ewok with the cowl that's like a stuffed animal hanging on her belt. Yeah. And I just thought that was cute and cool. And <laughs> that was uh, one of her trophies. I don't that's know. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, look, it's right. a trophy on her trophy. I don't know belt. if you've ever watched uh, Star Wars Resistance, which is set during the sequel trilogy animated series. Mm. But one of the characters has a stuffed Ewok that looks just like that. That's in a lot of the shots when you're in like oh, the, no the quarters and stuff. So it just, you know, it kind of made me think of that. So I liked the little stuffy Ewok. Yeah, uh, we can't forget Yubnubs because we did before. So how many Yubnubs do you want to give this one? Jeez, what did we give Party Ewok? Was that I think two? we gave it like two. Jeez, I'm going to go with a two and a half. I really two can't give this one too much because it's just it, it was just bad. It's okay. kind of bad as a as, had a little bit of Ewok elements to it, but could have they phoned it in. They could have been could have been so yeah. much better, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I'm going to be a little more kind and say three stars because I did like Charita and I did like mm -hmm. that it was the story itself was internally consistent, which they aren't always. And I don't think Party Ewok was. So I'm going to push it up True. to that three. Yeah, so, I'm going to stick by my yeah. depressing two, two I can't, and a half. I mean, listen, I guess I don't know if we want to do like, I guess maybe after Battle for the Sunstar, we can do sort of a wrap on, on how we feel about the series. But Hmm. let's just say i'm looking forward to battle for the sun star which uh that's next time folks Me next too. time we're gonna yep. go back and do episode 12 battle for the sun star uh this was originally aired as episode 12 but then they re-aired it following uh these series of episodes to kind of be the finale and from everything i've heard of it and like vague recollections i have there's a lot of writing on it i hope it's going to be good but that's what we're going to be doing Me next too. Time. and it's a full episode yeah, full episode. episode. So yep. that's that. That's I think I'm excited about because this second half of the second season, I feel like I've said a few times, like, man, this episode would be better mm -hmm. if it were longer. Yeah. When the very first half of the season, we were like, thank God, they're like 12 minutes long because there some of them were so bad. So I'm really excited to do the last one. Yeah. Man, this is this is I'm excited. This is fun. Yep. Hope everyone else is too. I agree. And then just another reminder about some of the stuff we have coming up in the mm. future for our May the 4th episode. We're reading The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Rivas. We're going to be talking about Return of the Jedi and specifically the Return of the Jedi novelization for the 40th anniversary. And then we're going to be digging into some droids cartoons and we're going to be reading some uh, droids and Ewoks comics. So all all fun stuff in the post animated series era that we're looking ahead to. Oh, yeah. And what does Disney call it now? They call it the uh... Star Wars Vintage. The vintage. Yeah. Star Wars vintage. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you next time then. All right. Shall I take us out? Let's do it. This Indorian Life was brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. 
Other shows on the network include 9021 Here We Go, 90s Music Got Me Like, and previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Endorian Life, and please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts.